As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you Why mad? You mad? Hi, Steve. Hey, Louisa. <laughs> How you doing? I'm great. I'm, I'm loving life. Just had to read this book in two days. <laughs> I just, man. Okay, so um, I just got to throw people right on the deep in the deep end because uh, what's going on here is Jake Flores of Why You Mad and PDA is he's been touring. It was recently his birthday. He also works nights. He's got like a lot going on, man. So um, instead of us just like waiting until our schedules worked out, I've been having some friends of the pod come back and talk to me about stuff until we can get Jake back on. Uh, so this week we have Steve Hernandez. He's been previously on. Uh, you've hosted a lot of pods I love. You run a great show uh, in Covina. Um just welcome. Thank you for coming, Steve Hernandez. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. This is going to be fun to talk to you about this uh, kind of bullshit. Um, let me ask you this. Have you read Bell Hooks' All About Love? I don't think I have read All About Love. I don't think you have either because you picked this book and uh, I know yeah. you. And mm-hmm. uh, it, sh- she really does come from a uh, a Christian place and it's a yeah. very forward thinking Christian place, but mm-hmm. I thought it was odd that you wanted to read this because I know that she ultimately does come from like a Christ centric background. I know, I know. And you know, uh, no one's perfect. Wherever <laughs> 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 you are, you're awesome. You contributed a lot. This is really great. Um, but here's the thing, uh, regardless of like the Christ stuff or not regardless, like I do think you're right that that feeds a lot into maybe why she's able to come from this angle, but let's start at why I picked this book and I wanted to talk to you about it because it's funny that I did text you like two days ago to see if you could read this book and be in the podcast in two days. And it was like late at night, at least in New York and Steve, it was so funny that I'm like reading it and I'm like tweeting some bullshit because I'm high and I'm not really like fully, um, I haven't fully processed everything I'm reading. You know what I mean? So I'm just throwing shit out there. And I was like, man, I got to talk about this on the podcast. And then (laughs) who do I talk about this to? And the first person that popped into my head, well, Gabe also popped into my head, but you know, you can't have your lover on everything. Yeah, I would hope so. (laughs) But I love that I was next. (laughs) But you were next. Okay. And not what I love is audience. When I texted Steve and I was like, hey, do you think you could A, get this book and B, read it in like two or three or four days? I know it's asking a lot. Steve's response was, I have this book. I haven't read it yet. No problem. I'm on it. (laughs) And I was like, I fucking knew it. Okay. Like, uh, (laughs) Steve, when I, um, like tweeted about the book a little bit, um, like several men, I don't want to say a bunch, but like a number of men either replied to my tweets or they DM'd me or they text messaged me. And I got to tell you, um, all the men who were like, yeah, I own this book. I've read it before, or I want to read it, and I have it. Or one man was like, I've bought copies for the men in my life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. 
Um, none of them were a surprise. None of them were a surprise because the men, the, you know, part of the reason I want to have this conversation is because this men are, tr- all men are trash idea, whether it's a worldview or a punchline, I think it's tired and it doesn't get us anywhere. Uh, definitely some men are trash and I am not trying to have an episode that's like, let's fucking feel bad about men (laughs) and like defend them. But those of us who have sex and relationships with men and let's say, God forbid, want to have children (laughs) with men (laughs) and fucking own a home and a business and like all this shit with men. Um, how can you have the all men are trash view and then also want these goals with men, right? That doesn't compute and you need to figure something out. So the reason I thought of you was because, A, I do see you as one of the men that I know who do the work, right? So when I say none of these dudes was a surprise to me, um, it's because in their comedy, in their tweets, in the way that they treat people in interpersonal relationships, and that includes you, you can see, I can see, that you do the work, not because it'll get women to like you and you'll get laid and not because it's politically correct and you're scared of getting canceled, but because you believe it's the right way to be a person even, right? Um, so that's why I have you on here. And then add to that the fact that you also um, have sex with men, I yes. think, complicates it, right? Because I want to know your takes on masculinity both how you have received it and had to perform it but also like how you deal with being attracted to it right because for women we women who have sex with men we often joke about how like how embarrassing it is that we still want to have sex with men (laughs) right um so tell me i don't know pick a jump off point because i've got like a fucking bullet point list (laughs) all right well uh let's let's go first off thank you you said some nice things about me i really appreciate that um, I, I haven't had sex with guys since I got sober though, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know what? Many yeah. women can say the same thing. <laughs> well, get, get the, yeah, I, I mean, yes, I've talked to my women friends and they've said, I've said, I want to have sex with guys, but I don't want to learn to date guys. And I've had my women friends say like the same thing. Cause when I did have sex with men, uh, and I am open still to having sex with men, I don't know how romantically uh, I've, I've been attracted to men, although I have been in love with one man before. But um, I, uh, this is so funny. I went on a date with a guy. The first I would say my first date, a date with a guy. And uh, he asked me out after a show. This is like two or three months ago. And he asked me out after the show. He says, hey, I'm by two. And I really identify with a lot of the stuff you joke with. And he was like a cute guy. He was a good looking guy. And so he's like, we should hang out some. And I, I, I said, OK, let's let's hang out. Let's get some coffee. And so I met him to get coffee. He turned out to be a little too young for me. Uh, he was 29, which is a little too young for me. I, I try not to date anyone under 30. And um, uh, but then it became uh, this is very Sign fun. of a good man. <laughs> I said, hey, man, I said try, I said try, I said try, though. Okay. Hey, man. You know what? Unfortunately, the man hating uh, feminists are right about something. The bar is pretty low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just said try. Okay? <laughs> you know what? And I'm just going to interject here, though, that um, I got to tell you that, like, I identify with the things you talk about on stage because I am the same way where um, I have had sexual relationships with women 
but the idea of like dating one seems really hard and outside of my realm because of the fact that now after reading this book I'm like oh because of patriarchy because I have been trained and I understand how to deal with the male psyche and I understand what the red flags are for a male psyche but I have not been trained to deal with that in a romantic situation with women um yes absolutely now let me ask you this I know we're good we're gonna get big real quick um but when you're talking about this stuff, it's it's very gendered, too. Yeah. Um, so and I don't know how to feel about that, especially in my own comedy. I've been trying to write jokes about it. I yeah. definitely I do believe that um, gender or how gender is presented is made up for the most part. Um, I don't. Let, so I have no problem like saying that. But I also uh, am very much uh, a man. I know how to communicate with men and. Yeah. uh and um, I do believe they're separate things. Now, it could be just that these things, you know, when we talk about feminine energy or masculine energy, it could be that those things are made up. For, but for better or worse, that's what we're dealing with right now. And I don't know if it'll ever go away. Well, uh, to be honest with you, I think it's something I was really, really thinking on before I read this book. And now I'm feeling some more clarity. Not to say I have the answers, but... I think that if we all, regardless of our gender identity and, uh, you know, socialized gender, which some people have a problem with uh, as a concept, but let's accept it for now. Uh, If we accept that all of us, regardless of any of that background information or current identification, exist under patriarchy and grew up under patriarchy and our parents grew up under patriarchy and that means our mother was just as patriarchal as our father and therefore regardless of how we may want to think of things now our society has been dualistic about this for a long time so to me the thought is Trans people who identify as the sex, uh, sorry, as the gender opposite of what they were assigned as birth, um, you should identify with some of the things that men are talking about when they talk about suffering under capitalism, under patriarchy, under feminism, right? And uh, trans women should also should identify with some of the issues that women, feminist women, are talking about about how they are oppressed by patriarchy and capitalism, etc. And then non-binary people, uh, I think, are really awesome and are the ones like really pushing the fucking envelope on destroying that binary. But the truth is, like, they can't escape the fact that everyone else around them and the whole world around them is still living in that binary. So what I hear from non-binary people is that sometimes they can identify as one and sometimes they can identify as the other. Um, And it depends on situation, mood, a lot of different things. So any conversation or joke or art that is about dissecting that uh, duality, I think is pro-gender. It is not um, reifying the male-female binary as like natural. You know what I mean? Yes. We're pushing towards like, because, you know, okay, so like, you're right. In this book, Bell Hooks, always uses men, women, male, female. She never really addresses non-binary people, trans people. And 
you know, I noticed that, but what she's talking about are social categories of understanding of gender and all people, trans and cis, exist under those understandings of social gender. So if you are a woman, regardless of whether you are cis or trans woman, and you date men, right, which is not a given, regardless of whether you're a cis or trans woman, why wouldn't you be interested to know the effects of the same world that oppresses you on the person that you want to love, that you want to connect with, that you want to, um, I don't know, like be in a relationship with, right? Does that make sense? I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that makes that's yeah, yeah that, answer, that answers my question. Um, okay. It is hard, you know, I, I write stand up, I write jokes to try to understand myself and the world around me. So this kind of stuff, you because I do feel like I want to write that I have a specific voice to talk to men and even like yeah. straight, even straight up like uh, regular guys. I mean, I bartend in Covina, which is a yeah. heavily Latino Filipino like area. This is like as you know, second generation, first generation. And I've written my queer shit in front of them and yeah. learned how to do it. Uh, in front of these guys to make these guys laugh and they look up towards me uh they look up to me and i have respect in the workplace and in my neighborhood and all those things so i do i do feel like um but it is funny to come out to los angeles and it, it feels like sometimes it feels like saying a bad word say using the word man or woman <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i know i know and um but i think that's funny because uh i think you should I don't know if it's like tooting your horn too much or whatever, but I, I think um, Bell Hook's point here about how like the good men who are already doing the work that you should see and support and like, uh, so this is a big thing. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Let me, let me side, side note, right? One of the reasons that this got me upset and that I chose this book is uh, you remember a few weeks ago, uh there was you know there was like a bunch of them there were like comics journalists a bunch of different feminist leftist women kind of making posts about how difficult it was to date leftist men how like they couldn't <laughs> match up with with leftist men and progressive men on apps because they were all non-monogamous or bi or whatever and they were like just really expressing this like dissatisfaction with the fact that they could not connect with men who were on their political intellectual level that also had the same goals as them for relationships and life. Right. Yes. And simultaneously, these women also tend to be the kind of women who do make all men are trash kind of jokes and you know uh the bell hooks thing that struck me that was really funny was that like the stereotype about feminism is that it's all like men hating lesbians right and she at one point she's like you know like i've never heard a lesbian say anything bad about a man <laughs> she's like <laughs> yeah she's like uh what are you, wait hold on she's like uh the most vicious man hating comments are always made by women who are with men and who plan to be with them for the rest of their lives okay <laughs> and this is what i'm seeing right and so like i see this contradiction where 
these women are simultaneously vilifying men as unchangeable, right? Like they're all bad. They're all trash. They won't change this whole like non-monogamy thing is because they just want to fuck more women. Like they just keep reducing men to the stereotype that patriarchy says men are. But then at the same time, when they encounter the men who are doing the work to break free from patriarchy, they are upset that they don't have the same goals patriarchy dictates they should have. A monogamous marriage and you know, wanting and children, to buy a house and all and, that shit. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, it seems like you are not doing the work for yourselves, feminist women. You're doing it for yourselves to be fulfilled, um, self-realized individuals. But are you doing the work to have good relationships? Or are you entering into the same sort of relationships and then always just blaming? And I don't mean to blame you because that's not what I mean. How do I? I don't know. What do you think, Steve? What I'm saying so far well, is I try you, to. You know, yeah. One one thing that I do love about Bell Hooks and uh, I love about you and my wife and Amy Miller is that you guys uh, are unabashedly uh, man lovers. Uh, and and I, I mean that as a joke. <laughs> yeah, no, I just mean that as a joke. But also, um, there's something there's something to be said about about all that stuff. She does come from a place. This book, a lot of this book, a, a lot, a big thesis of this book is that uh, feminists we can't expect for um, men to change if if we don't understand their plight and if we're not willing to help them change, especially in boyhood. Uh, she yeah. keeps coming back to that again and again. Um, but, you, you know, as much as like, uh, I think that men don't have enough women friends. Right. Um, uh, and, and I think that's a, a big telltale sign when a man doesn't have a woman friend, somebody that he, uh, you know, they haven't had sex or that's not the, the main reason he wants to be friends with them, that they've had coffee or lunch together. Yeah. I, I, I know a lot of men that have never had a cup of coffee or lunch with a woman. Uh, yeah. purely out of friendship reasons. Um, and, and that's, and I, I like to get on those guys for that kind of thing, but there's a, a, but women a lot of too, women. Steve, but women I, that's too. what I'm about to say. That's what I'm yeah, about to say. Who are like, the, Oh, this motherfucker made me have coffee with him three times and he hasn't made a move. Why is he wasting my time? And it's like, maybe he likes you and likes talking to you and yeah, the, enjoys yeah, your yeah, company. The, <laughs> there's a lot of that too. Now, you know, we, we yeah. can, of course there are guys who, uh, use women, you know, to just for their emotional labor and all that shit. But I'm not talking about that. I, I, I'm talking about something that Bell Hux believes in that I believe in um, for other areas of life, too, is that um, you have to learn to love uh, these people. And mm -hmm. for, for Bell Hooks is talking about men, but I keep coming back and I sometimes I don't know if it's because I, if I'm bullshit, because I used to be a pastor and I do have the love of Christ in me still, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, with Republicans and stuff, I, I've constantly I'm constantly in these people's faces because of where I work and because of where yeah. I'm from. Um, and I'm constantly trying to figure out a way how to love these people where they are and to see them as human, despite yeah. uh, despite um, all the signs to the contrary. 
Yeah, that's really funny. You know, I wrote this note down on the side <laughs> and it was like, am I a guy's girl or am I the most difficult and annoying friend any guy has? <laughs> well, you're both. And, you're both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then it's like, that's Steve with Republicans. It's like, yeah, sure. He might be out there befriending and talking to Republicans, but he they he's annoying the shit out of them. And I mean, I, I have these that, talks at the bar, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, no. And I think that means something because there's like, um, what? Ultimately, look, I understand. I guess if you are a lesbian who's never going to raise a boy child and doesn't have any living men, family members in your original or chosen family, then fine. Maybe you can dismiss and don't work with men also in your, in your workplace. I don't know. Then maybe you can dismiss these ideas. But all the other ones, you know, look, one thing that was interesting to me was this one where she. Uh, OK. Was the class and race thing that she brought to this, right? Because she says, right, after she had quoted two white women um, who write some books and stuff in defense of (laughs) and you know, she says, uh, although women with class privilege, such as Susan Faludi and or Susan Bordeaux, both of these Susans are white ladies, I looked it up, <laughs> uh, who write about men, express surprise that most men do not see themselves as powerful. Women who have been, ra- uh, who have been raised in poor or working class homes have always been acutely aware of the emotional pain of the men in their lives and of their work dissatisfactions. Women with class privilege have been the only group who have perpetuated the notion that men are all-powerful because often the men in their families were powerful, okay? So I just want to, I guess, like, point out that it is not a denial that, obviously, you know, most women are murdered by men and fucking domestic partners. Like, absolutely, patriarchy hurts women in a lot of ways. But when we believe in these narratives or we listen to these narratives of, like, all men are all bad and they all benefit from things as they are. It is a narrative perpetuated by a class above us that is not ours because what we see as immigrants, as working class, as black communities, as uh, I would even say as gay, right? As LGBTQ communities is our brothers and sons and husbands and boyfriends and partners often being emasculated in the workplace by police in traffic by people who in who feel like they can (laughs) a white lady yelling at them in the supermarket you know like we see it from a young age I think that even when they in between the outbursts of rage and the other things that are true about how they are bad guys. They are also fucking like really victimized by this. And it's uh, not, uh, yeah. And you know, Bell Hooks talks about this in this book. There, nobody's yeah. having fun under patriarchy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if you're, yeah. I mean, especially if you're a person of color, if you're a poor, or if you're a poor white person or anything, yeah. nobody's having fun under this thing. And um, and it that really like flies in the face of. Even, you know, this book was written 20 years ago. I know. And it, it flies in the face of what we think of, you know, when I think of a lot of online feminism and that kind of stuff, yeah. uh, where people are constantly trying to dismiss 
um, men. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, my dad, my dad was abusive towards us and more so towards my mom, but he was really beat. And, uh, by his dad, his dad really beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And I remember my dad working 12 hour shifts for 30, 40 days in a row. I remember him being exhausted all the time. Um, you know, I'm lucky that I have a good relationship with the, him now that he's apologized to me. Yeah. Um, and that's really, I mean, I, that, it's a gift to have a good relationship with him then. But at no point was I ever, you know, when I think about my dad acting in patriarchy, I, I don't, he couldn't even begin to articulate that that's what was making him do the things he was doing. Absolutely. And look, even before we get into articulating it, um, one of Bell Hooks's points was that men don't even feel the freedom to be to emote and to connect until they get much older. Her experience was one of having a grandfather who like for her mom was like a scary patriarch, but for her was like a loving, wonderful grandfather. And what's interesting there is that like some of us uh, of particular classes or immigrants, um, we don't even like none of our forefathers or whatever you would say lived even past like 45 <laughs> you know what I mean so like they killed themselves either in their work or in their bad choices or whatever in dealing with patriarchy and never even got to that era where they were supposed to be free and apologize and connect <laughs> you know what I mean yeah so that's not cool and that's not okay that's not the way it should be because that's also like way past the point where he already affected you and your siblings and your mother and it's it it just doesn't have to be that way. Um, if we all acknowledged, I guess that I don't know. She makes the point several times across the book that uh, patriarchy. Oh, let's go back to the thing where you said about naming it, right? Do you remember? There's a part where she says that um, all the time when she goes and she does talks in places and she says the word patriarchy or the longer version that she's her longer version capitalist. Is. What is it? Yeah. What is it? It's like <laughs> capitalist, imperialist, patriarchal, I'm white one. supremacist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. System that like people in the audience giggle, right? Because it sounds so like, uh, you're making it like, and she just said, she's like, why why do people laugh i've asked people and nobody ever has an answer for it but this this laughter in and of itself is a function of patriarchy to make you uncomfortable with naming it right and it is pretty crazy that it's not something that our dads or our grandfathers would understand is why they became alcoholics or why they were rageaholics or why they were workaholics or, you know, like, um, I often, I feel like I've quoted a million times this joke probably on this podcast, but, um, what's his name? Oh, fucking LA, whatever. Uh, Carmichael, <laughs> Gerard, there we go. Gerard Carmichael. I have keywords. I remember, uh, Gerard Carmichael <laughs> in eight, he has this joke, Steve, that like everybody. You're not going to say this again, are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not, not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. But anyway, point is, most people like uh, Bell Hooks made the same point that most people at best have had like distant father figures or male figures in their life because those men 
in order to survive or get ahead in some place in patriarchy had to compartmentalize and to cut off their feelings and to just become kind of like fucking worker robots, right? That are just like, I'm supposed to provide and this is my job. And well, well, she she says she says in the book that truly masculinity is and can be interpreted as when we say masculinity, we're talking about being detached. Mm -hmm. Uh, that that is the definition of masculinity is being detached in almost every way well which means what does that mean for those of us who are attracted to that uh you you're still attracted to that huh well hear me out uh i know you're you're talking when you say that you're in your gut you're attracted to it right right but i know better than (laughs) to act on it and it is not the like i understand these people are not the partners for me and and i just don't go there but there were things you know okay so uh i always hate it whenever you like tweet something and then people write back and they're like oh but this doesn't apply to me (laughs) right So there were things that I read in this book where I literally was like, okay, well, this doesn't apply to me (laughs) because I did figure this out a while ago. And I don't like to me, this is a red flag about a man and I don't go there. Right. But there were still passages that were painful to read as a woman who loves men who where it was like. I have to recognize that this is my internalized patriarchy that put me and him in this position, right? So like things about um, the idea that women want the guy that is like an alpha. And let's not say women, but some women. Some women want the guy that is like the alpha. He's the loudest. He's the strongest. He's the funniest. All the guys like him. He's the life of the party. He's fucking good at sports. All that shit, right? And then... Once you have him and he's in a relationship with you, you are upset that he is emotionally cut off, that he is distant, that he spends too much time on all of these pursuits that give him status in the public sphere instead of working on himself to be better in the private sphere. And you were surprised. I mean, this is like the Patrice O'Neill joke, you know? I know, dude. And that's what, like, <laughs> fucking, I love Patrice O'Neill because even the times when he was like, bitches be like this, you're like, you know what, though? You're recognizing you think bitches. <laughs> like, I don't know. But dude, like, Steve, he, uh, what's her name? Bell Hooks, she hit like on page one. Okay. I wrote on the note, ouch. <laughs> like, page one, <laughs> where she wrote, okay. The male bashing that was so intense when contemporary feminism first surfaced more than 30 years ago was in part the rageful cover-up of the shame women felt, not because men refused to share their power, but because we couldn't seduce, cajole, or entice men to share their emotions, to love us. So understand how offensive it is to hear this said to you, right? To hear yeah. that you didn't want equality in terms of like public life, you wanted access to his love. You wanted to be loved by him as the man who has power in the public life. That's offensive and degrading. <laughs> but the reality is that that is what we wanted, right? That well, is I mean, like you, the you have to be you have to be thinking of your dad this whole time, right? When you're reading this I'm stuff, I'm not. I'm not. You're not? To me, I'm not. I'm thinking of like our current relationships. 
right? Because okay. because this uh, even today, so this was written twenty years ago, and her reference is to thirty years before that. So she's talking about yeah. fifty years ago, right? Yes. 50, so fifty years ago, she is diagnosing that the women were not mad that they couldn't share in the men's power, but mad because we couldn't seduce, cajole, or entice them to share their emotions okay yeah in 2023 young women younger than i am who are financially independent who come from good families who are artistically successful our they are complaining that the problem of their lives is that men do not want to connect with them that men don't want to open up to them or love them or be vulnerable around them it's no no women nowadays are like, or at least not any like modern progressive leftist woman isn't out here like, why isn't a man paying my bills? Why isn't a man buying me a house? <laughs> why is it? They, their fucking problem 50 years later, Steve, is men aren't letting me in emotionally. Uh, okay. I mean, we're going to talk about this stuff, but I, yeah. you, for someone like you who is a materialist, mm-hmm. um, how to me this stuff this when she's talking about this basically a man-sized hole it's very very like it's very judeo-christian to me yeah like the 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 book of genesis talks about this one of the curses that god put on the women is that the woman will always long for the man and that's a curse that's like a curse from god so when you're saying these things (laughs) uh, (laughs) so when you're saying these things I wonder if the, these things are, if this is some kind of innate natural state of things. Uh, no. You know, the term natural is loaded, of course. Uh, yeah. But I don't think so, Steve. And th- but you know why? Let me tell you why. why? Because, okay, yeah. so like my, my intent here to, in bringing this all up was. First off, do, like, you, do you agree that all that is true that she said? I do. That that, that is really. Okay, go on. But he. I hate okay this is why I was like trying to make a caveat is like I don't mean to be like oh well everybody should do it like me okay but as a materialist right what I did do with my entire life was separate completely my emotional and sexual entanglements from materialism right so separately since from a very young age I pursued uh providing material needs for myself and not needing anyone else and i will make a side note here to say that some of the criticism of men that bell hooks makes in this book also hurt me because i realized that i was falling for the ideas of patriarchy of like self-isolation and um finding security and self-aggrandizement through achievement right so it was almost like I was a I was of that era of feminism that was like, oh, the goal is to have the freedoms that men have, as opposed to now we understand that the goal is for all of us to have freedom from patriarchy, right? Or we should. So for me to go back, I because of my isolationism, right? And because I grew up seeing uh i didn't have an abusive dad but i had a dad that uh made a lot of choices towards violence in his life so he died early and all of his choices towards violence were 
in the sense of like, this is for my family, this is to get money and get them things and do, you know, like a very patriarchal world. And what I saw from a very patriarchal world was all the men were fucking dead by like 31, (laughs) right? And all the women were just fucked, Steve, like just fucked. Like they didn't have jobs or skills. They were now widows with little children, just completely fucked women all around my life. So I grew up neither wanting to depend on a man nor wanting to have children who depend on me because I didn't think the world was like stable enough for that. Like it just didn't make sense to me, right? And whatever other negative things may have come of it, the positive things that have come of it is that because I divorced materialism from my intimate connections with people, I have stronger intimate connections with people than most of the people that I know. So I was able to, I have been able multiple times to connect with men who do the work of trying to be better men. And as Bell Hooks says, it doesn't mean they're not, it doesn't mean they're perfect and that they never failed, but they were willing to learn when they failed in their attempts They were doing it for themselves, not to impress me, not to be politically correct, not to make money, not whatever. Um, And it just created this, I don't want to say environment, dynamic. That's what it is. A dynamic, my, my romantic and sexual dynamics are usually pretty divorced from capitalism. And ever since I stopped fucking with BDSM, divorced from patriarchy. Uh, why don't you talk about that uh, BDSM thing a little bit? Because I've wondered about that. You've made mention of it before on the podcast. Um, it's a touchy about... subject. <laughs> All right, then we don't have to talk about it. Mm. I mean, not for me, for other people, because... Oh, you, know, you might say things that might rile people up. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it's honestly, it's fine with me, because like the thing is, um, I do think that like when I make fun of trads, making fun of some certain kinks is just the other side of that coin because they're both just reactions to the same oppressor we all share, which is patriarchy. And, um, wait, I fucking, there's like a perfect one where I'm going to find a line, but, uh, it is the idea that domination, uh, actually throughout the book, bell hooks, switches from calling patriarchy patriarchy to calling it domination culture right she uses it as a synonym and i really like that and i think that that could work for all the people that want to giggle when you say patriarchy uh domination culture kind of works because it is um it 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 includes the idea of like uh, survival of the fittest and the fucking strongest is gonna win and everybody is a predator or prey and there is no other option right like all this really fucked up violent imagery understanding way of how we see each other right comes from that um i can't remember it right now but there's a very like a liberal the- christian theologian who proposes all this stuff. It's incredible stuff, but he, he calls the domination system. Basically that's what the devil is. And, uh, he, he doesn't believe in a literal devil or anything, but, and then she mentions this in this book that patriarchy is the domination system. And our goal as people is to move to interdependence. Yeah, exactly. 
Absolutely. Is uh which is community, right? Which is something yes. even me who when I say that I'm like <laughs> uh some of the things in this book that made me feel bad was like when yeah. I realized that I was being anti community, that I yeah. am a hyper individualist in some ways. And I have my excuses and my reasons. <laughs> but Well, I mean, you were just little Louisa and you said, I'm not going to yeah. let these people hurt me like this. Exactly. Fuck them. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And you said, I'm shutting it down. And you became yeah. like a you became like a man in a lot of ways. Totally. Yes. Uh, but then what I ended up doing was like connecting with all of these men who also had been shut out by patriarchy. Right. Yes. Who found their softer sides, who pursued art despite everyone in their family telling them it was wrong, who uh, rejected traditional models of masculinity or family um, and found a lot of rejection in their family and in their friends and in society. And then, Steve, I can't tell you how many guy friends I have that I'm like the first woman in their life that was like, no, it's cool, man. (laughs) You know, and it's not like... (laughs) It's not, again, not like fucking men are fine. It's like, dude, I'm so mean to my guy friend. <laughs> like, I fucking am like, what did you just say? <laughs> and the thing is that because they are already the type of men who are trying to be better for themselves, not for me, not for anyone they're fucking or not to try to get laid, right? This is another thing that made me mad on Twitter this week. There was like a bunch of threads going around about like, uh, every time a man tweets like this, it's like so obvious he's never talked to a woman. All you have to do is be <laughs> nice to a woman. And it's like, shut up. What are you talking about? Number one, let's talk about how women often be- like perceive the nice guy who is nice to you as not as masculine as the man who's mean to you. So you dismiss him as a potential sexual or romantic partner and you, pers- and you put him in the friend zone. Right. That well, is, I mean, this thing. is a big part of the, this is a big part of the book is that she says, yeah. uh, you know, modern feminism has put uh patriarchy uh, completely on the shoulders of men when some of its greatest enforcers oftentimes are mothers and women. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I saw it, um, the single mother thing. That's one of the things that was super hard to read for me. So, you know, I think you and other men that are that I'm close to have had um, a wonderful benefit of having that uh, aging patriarch who kind of like comes into the more feminine things eventually. But when Bell Hooks talks about the single mother households, that shit hit home. She says like, you know, uh, the fallacy in American thinking that uh, because conservatives will say often that these single mother homes are part of what's destroying um, the fabric, right, of the family or whatever the fuck they say. But in reality, because of people like that, traditionalists and such who keep saying, oh my God, your family's doomed to fail because there's no father figure in it. The single mothers who were raised in patriarchal worlds and exist in patriarchal worlds feel the pressure about how they're not going to raise good enough sons because they don't have a man in the house. So to be completely frank, at best, they do what Bell Hooks was saying and what I saw, which is where they start to deny tenderness to their son to make him harder 
where they gender, they like hyper gender all of the rules and the tasks and everything around the house to teach him to be a man, where they put him into the role of like, you're now the little man, you're the man of the house, right? Shit like that. All of that, horrible. But then all the way on the worst side of that is like straight up moms who fucking sexualize their their young son and like abuse him it also happens that way you know what i mean we always just want to say it's just men doing this but patriarchy hurts all of us all of us and so i got to see this like firsthand this like um how the pressure on patriarchy on a single mother makes her feel like she's not good enough to raise a son correctly so she endorses patriarchy in front of her son because she believes that'll make him a better son or a better man right yeah hard to read shit man mm. did that uh, you, you think that happened to your brother oh yeah no i know my brother was like artsy uh i would say i'm hard i'm harder than him for sure i'm the, i'm the man <laughs> uh if you're gonna be that <laughs> stupid about binaries um <laughs> he was more sensitive he yeah he he's the music guy um he's the photographer the creator the empath the connector with people i am the nothing hurts me i'm self-sufficient i got this hide the feelings compartmentalized one (laughs) so that goes to show you that the shit is it's not really gendered it's patriarchy pushes you one way or another Either to survive, you have to compartmentalize and cut off your feelings and connections to other people, or you spend your life chasing those connections with other people very blatantly. And one thing is feminized and one thing is not. But both of those behaviors only serve to separate us from each other. If we can't just agree that the main point of our existence is to connect right yeah but then and, also you know. and then also if we're like fucking attracted steve this is my main thing if we keep being attracted to this fucking hyper masculine emotionally cut off shit and having children with them and having them be role models of masculinity to the next generation of men how are we not contributing to patriarchy continuing of course, but I mean, uh, how are, you know, how are, it's very hard to change what you're attracted to. It's doable. Of course. I, this is, Julia's my last white woman. I have a joke about <laughs> it, but it's true. Yeah, it's true. I changed that. Look, look, my, uh, what do you call it? I guess like your love map or whatever. My love map was hyper-masculine, violent men. Yeah. And that. I have successful relationships because I figured out how to steer away from that and value something else. Yeah. I mean, the stuff, whenever we talk about these things, though, it's just like, this is so forward thinking. Of course, we're going to do it and keep talking about that. But it's almost as, it's almost as, I think, uh, out there for most people, it's just regular leftist teaching because there's, this is so big. Uh, it's, it's as big, it's obviously wrapped in capitalism and all those things too, but it's just so big. I don't, I don't even know how you go about, and she doesn't really give you too many, um, solutions. You'd think so. 
I think this book is full of solutions. It's hard for me to say because I am so like I am out you're, there. You're like, like I already do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when I talk, I I have a lot of queer jokes, but yeah. I and I think I got into comedy to express that. I'm I'm almost positive that's the reason why I got into it. Yeah. I've been doing it 13 years now, and it took me five or six or seven years to figure out how to do it right and to make straight guys laugh. But now I'm at a place where I um it's it's almost like I'm going backwards in such a way. I like got the hard stuff out of the way and now I'm trying to figure out some of the next stuff. Uh like I've been sober 4 years and so I sex is becoming very interesting to me. Not not in a not even in a lover. I I, I mean I guess I'm trying to figure out sex stuff now. I I'm, I'm lucky that <laughs> Like in a Tetris way? <laughs> no, yeah, but I, I think it's just so interesting. I mean, truly, that's uh, the main reason why I like having it now is it's so interesting with each person. And, um, you know, you have sex. When you have sex with someone, it, it sh- you, you learn more about them, of course, but then you learn a lot about yourself as well. Um, I think this book is, when, when they, this book does talk about sex, I do think for most men, that that is still like the main way they are intimate, the main way they let down their guard. But I mean, that's why I've liked having gay sex. That's why I miss having gay sex. I think yeah. it's uh, I think it's cool to get fucked in the ass. And uh, I think yeah. to be vulnerable like that is a very uh, sorry to say interesting again. But I think it's an interesting <laughs> act in sex that most straight guys don't get to appreciate, which um, I wish I, I don't think obviously, you know, they're not going well, to. But you know, though, this... Okay, so you asked about the BDSM thing earlier. Yeah. And uh, I do think that what you're talking about, the sort of, like, avenue to break away from patriarchy and find pleasure and love in breaking away from it that gay and bi men can find and straight men don't have, they find it in BDSM. I would say to you and in BDSM or even like fucking some kinds of like real vanilla sex. Um, what they have is a domination model in their mind. And all they can really understand is that, especially if they don't have power in public life in sex, in the private world, then sex becomes not just an outlet for the only time that they can be uh, vulnerable in, t- in terms of having feelings and acknowledging them, but also the only avenue where they can be powerful and dominate another because they can't do it at their job and they can't do it in their public life. And the reverse of that is men who don't identify with patriarchy and feel that it is wrong sublimate that into wanting to be punished for being men and being therefore submissive to women sexually. And therefore they see themselves as like not in any way part of patriarchy and these actions prove it. You know what I mean? Of like kneeling before women and wanting to be punished. But in reality, you are all still slaves to patriarchy because it's only that idea that someone has to be dominated that is telling you that this has to happen because the reality is that actual love actual vulnerability is the freedom to be tender 
and open and ask for and give love. Like that's the real radical, hard to do thing for everyone of any gender is to just straight up love and ask for love. You don't talk about love that much on this podcast, Louisa. Should I talk about love more, do you think? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I got some feedback about last week's podcast not having enough conflict because Kate and I agreed too much. (laughs) And I'm like, you guys don't like love? I don't understand. But we got to have something to be mad about. But in this one, I'm clearly mad. In case anybody is not clear on this, I am mad about the fact that um, some women... Now, here, let me ask, let me okay. ask you a question. Let me let me yeah. challenge you then. Do you feel like you need to be friends with more women then? No. I mean, it would seem. Do you like mean that different would... types of women? <laughs> not, I mean, maybe that too, but not necessarily. Not. But are, because you to have... be honest with you, I am yeah. friends with a lot of women. They're not. Yeah. I guess not women comics. Maybe is yeah. Not they're not as yeah. visible. Yeah, they're not as visible. But um, I'm friends with women. And most of them are all women who are basically family abolitionists who do not want to get married, who do not want to have children, uh, who they, they go to comedy shows with me, but they don't fuck comics. Uh, they are like... Boo! <laughs> no, they're very... Um, of course they are. Rare types of women. Yeah. And it's, I am not putting down any other kind of woman, but... Um, it is difficult, you know, I'll admit like, so this guy's girl thing has fucking been a thing my whole life, Steve, because since I never wanted children and I never pictured my wedding and my wedding dress, uh, I never wanted to talk to anybody about our astrological signs, <laughs> you know, like, would you stop describing my wife? Come on. I'm geez. sorry. Your wife is awesome. I would love to hang out with her. I'm just but- teasing. Yeah. Only because we are now grown-ass women who can find common ground despite not being exactly the same, right? But when you're a young girl, like literally a kid in elementary and middle school, uh, all I really ever experienced from girls was um, uh, rejection because I wasn't like them and I didn't want to play at pretend wedding and I didn't want to imagine having babies (laughs) and I didn't want to, you know, like there were so many things that I was just like, I don't want to do this. And it might seem like, Oh, I wanted to do the boy things, but no, again, I ended up finding community with the boys who were like, I don't understand why the other boys are hitting each other. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I don't know. That's fucking weird. (laughs) Let's go over here and talk about this book of poetry (laughs) or like whatever, (laughs) or like video game or whatever the fuck it is, you know what I mean? Or comedy or something else that was like a middle ground between these hyper feminine and hyper masculine spaces. And for me, it was never a rejection of femininity and an embrace of masculinity that's why I I identify as a woman. I don't I have never felt the need to be like they them or non-binary or anything like that. Perhaps it's like the generation I came from or I don't know or the experience that I had, but for me my goal or my worldview is that the definition of femininity should be expanded to include women like me 
who don't necessarily engage in the hyper feminine behaviors and performances and attributes right and I'm okay with that and I make friends with women who identify as women but not with the hyper feminine aspects of femininity yeah that all makes sense I'm also not friends with hyper masculine men yeah that's true I'm not out here, you know, I'm actually out here starting wars with hyper-masculine men. <laughs> so, the, the, so I guess the book uh, does say that this, a lot of this burden or some of this burden should fall on women, of course, yeah. to help men. But it also then what you're saying, too, is that um, I guess if, if you you would identify as a leftist woman or, or someone like that, a feminist then you have to be willing to look inward and to tear down uh, the the parts of the patriarchy that you're not even aware that still exist within you. The second part is my main thing, Steve. Yeah. Because I'm friends with women who straight up identify as misandrous, right? Is that how you say that? That's yeah. how you say that, right? Yeah. So I'm really not here to be like, we should be helping men. You all motherfuckers need to be helping yourselves. Dude, I know so many of you. I know so many of you like you, Steve, who are helping yourselves, right? Who are fucking... Oh, we didn't even get to this, but Bell Hooks has like a whole section where she talks about AA. Did you get... You read that part, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super interesting because she talks about how AA is... It has sort of filled this gap in our society where it's one of the few spaces where men can come to and are given permission to connect with their emotions and be vulnerable and admit where they are not quote manly enough and where they fucked up and where, you know, the pressures force them to make bad decisions and all this shit that I think at one point she just goes like, imagine if men, if our like government, and that's why I say she offered solutions. Right. So she goes like, yeah, yeah. Imagine if our government just paid unemployed men for doing the work of self-discovery that men do in AA, right? Yeah. So, like, you're unemployed, you can't get a job, but you'll get a weekly paycheck if you fucking go to these sessions where you talk about masculinity and what your father did to you and how you grew up understanding what you should do and how you should treat women and whatever. A whole different society could be fucking made. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, to me, I really am not out here saying hey, women, it's your responsibility to <laughs> fix men or train men or help men, unless you're raising one. If you are the mother of a son, then absolutely it it is your job to figure out how to make a good man. Good luck with that. But what I am actually saying is for women, for us, if we want to be happy, if we want to be self-realized, and part of that includes loving and being loved by a man, then this is your fucking business. You do have to care. You do have to know what the red flags are of patriarchy, patriarchy's effects on a man. You do need to be able to understand whether he already is the kind of person that does the work to try to improve and therefore is open to hearing feedback and change and trying to connect with you or if you're starting with a fucking guy who like hasn't talked about his feelings since third grade, right? <laughs> there, there is shit where it's like 
stop valuing certain forms of masculinity that don't give anything back to you. Stop picking the same type of man that is poor them stuck in the same problem over and over. You can't fix it, right? We've already established this through multiple relationships. That means you need to change something about who you are letting into your life. And I don't know how to say that without being blamey. I mean it to be encouraging, <laughs> but I don't think it ever comes out that way, Steve. <laughs> so, you know, stop uh, giving a shit if a guy's tall or not. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it back to tall propaganda. <laughs> yeah, man. Who gives a shit? Or something that I came to this week as I was thinking about some of this bell hook shit is uh, when when people were like, oh, it's not that difficult to be nice to a woman. I realized that maybe a lot of people are having problems because instead of picking nice guys, they're picking guys who are nice to them. And there is a difference. Nice guys are people who are nice to everyone without an ulterior motive. And people who are nice to you are people who are being nice to you because they want something. At best, that you like them. At worst, something more. Right? Yeah. So I guess the things, yeah, if we're talking about the patriarchy and you're talking about things that get you horned up, Mm -hmm. that we have to admit that many of the things that get us horned up are from the patriarchy. Yes. Yeah. What do we do, man? But you know what? That's that's, what porn is. It's very hard for. That's what porn is. (laughs) You can can watch porn with like fucking patriarchal ass shit, but like in your, you know, dude. All right, I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm a gang. But I think I think she. Yeah, yeah, but I I think she talks about that. It's not good to that. That's what we're used to. Fan that it's bad to fantasize about those things. That's the shit. That's the you know. Nobody's perfect, Steve. I said this at the top. (laughs) Nobody's perfect, including me and you and Bell Hooks. (laughs) So you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do a gangbang. You would just keep that in the arena of porn. Oof. That's a hard question. I haven't done one. <laughs> yeah. I, well, part of what makes it a fantasy is that maybe I'll do one one day. Sure. Um, but it's, I wouldn't, I guess I don't feel right now like I would die sad if I didn't. Sure. Uh, it's nice to think about. I like to watch it on video with. Well, uh, you know. Well, okay. Oh, actually. So part of her porno thing was that I do think she was very specifically talking about produced porno. Is that like a fair term? I don't know. Um, I only watch one kind of porn, which is on FetLife. You can follow people who put up their own porn and you're not paying them. It's not like you are, you know, tipping them. They're not making money. It's literally like a Facebook where people are like, Last night I got fucked by 17 dudes and then my husband bought me shoes to celebrate all the cream pies. And then they like post a video and the husband also is like tagged. Dude, nobody is being fucking abused in this. This is like everybody had a good time. Every person's posting it on their fucking timeline. This is hot. And you're seeing like real bodies, like fucking old women. Like it's amazing. That is the porn that I watch. I like fucking real regular ass people doing wild shit like getting crazy living their wildest fantasies and posting it on the (laughs) internet and i'm like hell yes high five i like this i'm not into i don't have a favorite porn star i don't i've never been on red to any of those things i don't yeah i don't go to anything that could possibly be 
capitalist pornography, I guess. Guess I got to join FetLife. Yeah, man, get on it. If you pay like, I think it's like 30 bucks for the year, you can have video, like you can play videos. So anybody that posts free videos, you can see them, but also everybody that you follow, you can see their videos. Uh, so yeah, my favorite Dom is like a 50 year old woman in Boston that, uh, Steve, she just teaches young men how to be good lovers. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And her husband is also on FetLife and he like posts her videos because it's her like teaching like 18 year old men not to come until the woman comes, (laughs) you know, like things like that. Uh, Like the most sensual DP I've ever seen in my life was by this woman. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was amazing. So I say all this to say that pornography, meaning videotaped sexual interactions is not in and of itself bad. It becomes bad where, when anybody is coerced and if capitalism is involved, then people are coerced. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, you know, ultimately then, yes, of course, I believe we all have to go back for each other. We have to consider. But then if we're talking, you know, about Republicans and everything, too, I, you know, my heart goes back for them, too. I, I don't I think if we were in small tribes, it's I always talk to Julie mm-hmm. about this. If we were in small tribes, things would work out easier because we would see there was value on everything. Uh, you know, yeah. there'd be as few ar- artists that help push things that, you know, we would be priests and stuff, too. And then there would be warriors and all these. And yeah, but but that's all. that's also a form of uh, that's the form of interdependence she's talking about, too, is that we yeah. would all need each other and see that we need each other so that we would be more respectful and loving towards each other as well. Absolutely. No, I loved it. Nori Davis, a great comic friend, love him. He was one of the comics that replied to my tweets being like, of course I got this book. And he like uh, tweeted a picture, you know, with all the little flags and shit. And (laughs) Nori is one of the ones that I'm like, of course, of course you, you have been doing the work. But the way that he described it was, this is the perfect book to teach all genders empathy. Because it is about the fact that patriarchy is our common enemy. Dude, at one point, she points out that what feminist women have in common with conservative women is that we all want to connect with the men we love. How deep is that shit? That is extremely deep because that is the one thing that you can say across our political spheres these women suffer from how can we not identify that the common enemy here is patriarchy and instead of being like men are all bad and then there's also you know the fact that like if you insist on just framing men as bad period and women as victims of men period there's nowhere to go from there there is no, no, like, what is the future? So are you saying that you are going to choose to build a family with a predator and forever be a victim? And that is what the nuclear family is? Or are you choosing to change what that relationship should be? I just think the truly, truly radical thing is to start engaging with the idea of masculinity and of how patriarchy affects all of us, not just women. It's messy, though, and it requires a lot of that. Everybody does a lot of work. So absolutely. 
silly, but I love it. I mean, I'm here for it. Um, let me throw one, <laughs> one last bit of work homework for you, Steve, specifically. Yes. And for all the artists, because she does have a whole chapter that is about like, what does she call it? Like media in masculinity or something? Masculinity and media, something like that. Yeah. Big Goodwill Hunting fan. That I yeah. just pushed a Goodwill Hunting joke from it. Yeah. 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 So she does. So it's a good, it's a good fucking chapter for uh, Why You Mad listeners. If you're going to fucking just read one, it's chapter eight, popular culture, media, masculinity. Because it does have a lot of references to movies and other things that she thinks um, either represent the bad forms of masculinity or the good forms. But she ends the chapter kind of by giving artists homework, right? Because she says, uh, let's see, the vast majority of contemporary films send the message that males cannot escape the beast within. They can pretend. They can dissimulate, but they can never break patriarchy's hold on their consciousness. Until we create a popular culture that affirms and celebrates masculinity without upholding patriarchy, we will never see a change in the way that masses of males think about the nature of their identity. So she says, mass media are a powerful vehicle for teaching the art of the possible. Enlightened men must claim it as the space of their public voice and create a progressive popular culture that will teach men how to connect with others, how to communicate, and how to love. Which goes back to what you were saying about like why you got into comedy, right? Yeah. I I don't know. I get into this argument with Jake often about like, oh, can art really change anything? And I don't think chart- art can change everything. But in this sense, I agree with Bell Hooks that it is up to those of you making art to to keep creating models of masculinity that do not depend on patriarchy. There's no money in it, Louisa. I'm out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. But <laughs> I know what? we got to the end. Um, we just got to do. I mean, do you have anything else that you wanted to add? Please. Um, no, I don't. I, let's see. There's no money in it. And then you said <laughs> that'll be in there. Don't worry. <laughs> money in it i guess that could be a time where you could start talking as if it was a seamless thing <laughs> no i'd like to reveal my errors you know you listen to why you man i like to yeah. just leave the p sections in there <laughs> all that she does offer alternative paths i think of being masculine right and other forms of masculinity that we can value and therefore, like, this is what made me feel like it's something to this book is something to talk about because it's for people of every gender, whether you feel like you need a better direction as to how to be masculine in a better way that is not patriarchal. I mean, or, it's, just, it's just this yeah. stuff gets so hard. And even though I, I pretty much believe it and stuff, too, because I mean, truly. I can say, what does it mean to be a good man? And how does that look different than being a good woman? Yeah. I mean, that's why I get hung up on these things. I, I know they're just words and stuff, but I, I'm as a person, I'm trying to figure these things out for myself. So well, when you I talk about you that they are the same, they look the same. Yes. Right. So I am trying to say the same thing to men and women right now. And even people who don't identify as men or women is that, we are all being oppressed by the same system. We all want to connect with each other. Let's 
look at not just what the other is doing to keep us from connecting and keep us down, but also what are we doing to keep us from connecting and to, and keep us down? Like it, it yeah. just can't be a one-sided thing, you know, whether it's from one side or the other. I guess she does use the term uh, time and time again near the end of the book, a uh, masculine feminism. Yeah. And I guess that, I guess that's something we all, can aspire to whichever yeah. gender or non-gender you are is That's to... funny. I think it's feminist masculinity. Yeah. But I like what you said, masculine feminism. Yeah. I mean, either way, right? I feel like I do masculine feminism, <laughs> but, but I think her goal uh, is feminist masculinity. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. You know, the, in, in this way, this book was written 20 years ago. It's not that mm-hmm. men have made all these leaps forward. But I think that yeah, in the past 20 years, yeah, there, there are more examples of what that masculinity could look like. Totally. I mean, you know, I think he's kind of a loser in a lot of ways, but I think Terry Crews does a really great job of this stuff. Yeah, I think I think The Rock does. You know, it's so funny, <laughs> but they really no. do try. They, they really are forward masculine like this. It's true. And I, I want to say, you know, like a lot of, um, I guess, like mainstream media focuses on performative versions of this right so they'll be like uh what's that fucking british guy that wears skirts or whatever or like men get painting their nails or blah blah blah. yeah yeah yeah. and it's like no man uh you know i do think that breaking the walls of what is permissible between masculinity and femininity for fashion sure it has its place and it is doing its work but that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is an internalized different form of masculinity where being masculine includes caring for others, caring for your own self-development, caring about justice and equity, uh, not seeing sex as an outlet for violence, not seeing violence as an outlet for lack of emotion, uh, it's an endless list of how to be a person that cares for others and yourself. Right. It almost is always like that airplane thing where you got to put the mask on yourself before you put it on others. Yes. Whether, whatever gender you are, you need to find, figure out how to put the mask on yourself to protect yourself from patriarchy in order to then be able to reach out and connect with others in defense together against patriarchy. Yeah, and when you put that definition, and I do think she defines it as that uh, later in the book where she says yeah. masculinity is uh, taking responsibility for your own self-growth and for those yeah. around you. That's, that isn't some crazy, like, big-minded philosophy. That's something we could do today. Simple, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that doesn't mean, oh, you have to be the richest man and buy mansions and all this. Sh-. No, it means always making the choice that is about caring about those around you. That's way simpler than you have to give everybody riches and all their, their wildest dreams. And if not, you're not a good provider. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. And the other side of that coin is what kind of failure are you setting yourself up for in your relationship? If this is what you expect of your man partner. And without any recognition of the impossibilities of what they're having to go through, especially if they're not a privileged white man, right? Um, 
So I guess that's where I will end my defense of men. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not. Yeah. I hate a bunch of men. If you need a specific <laughs> list of all the men that I hate, I will send it to you. Please write to whymanpod at gmail.com. Care of men Louisa hates list. Oh, let me send it to you. Let me tell you. I, let me tell you the story. The story I was telling at the beginning was so funny because oh, I went no, on that. Co- I went on that coffee date with that guy, and it was awful. I remember, I told you this is like not. I'm not used to go on dates with guys, and it was so bad because he was not listening. He was like waiting for me to finish saying something so he so could he say could something talk. smart. Ah! <laughs> and I'm telling you, I've never done this before. But at one point, I, and there's one side of my head that's saying this fucking sucks. This sucks. But the other one is like, oh, my God, this is what women have been talking about the whole time. Yes. I, I, I was I was like, truly, like, I was tr- truly like flipping out because I was like, oh, my God, this is what it. it's like. It feels, it's crazy. It's just so crazy. Where you can just you can tell by the blank look in their eyes that they're just like counting the seconds until they can talk. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm just like, do you think you're smarter than me? Yeah. You, re- you really think you're going to get something off on me right now? Yeah, like, <laughs> that is absolutely what's happening. He thinks he's smarter than you. Uh, welcome to being mansplained. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, so I just felt like we had to do this podcast to prove to everyone that patriarchy affects all of us regardless of who you have sex with or how you identify with how you identify especially if then you're gonna have fucking children you might have boy children it's important that you care about this and make some good boys for the future you know i'll be the godmother for your boy children if you need me to yeah we're gonna uh, julia's gonna make us have kids pretty soon yeah one one kid she's gonna get one can i be the godmother regardless of gender sure you didn't what? even clear this with uh, <laughs> she'll be fine with it you'll just have to fly into ba- uh, for the catholic baptism catholic? Okay, <laughs> i'm just I'll kidding i'm just no, kidding. i'll do it i'll do it because come on I, I every, hate catholics come on every kid needs the the like bad sort of gay aunt <laughs> that does drugs who doesn't have one of those if you don't hit me up i'll be that <laughs> Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for doing it, Steve. I love talking with you. I loved seeing you in New York this week. I can't believe you say you told me you were coming. I don't remember that. You That's... completely surprised me. Like I was shocked to see you in New York. Uh, I'm going to start coming like every six months or something. I at love least. it. And but please yeah. tell me not just so we can get you on shows, but also so we can fucking have some good uh, meals and friend hangs. Yes. Uh, not just last minute shit. Is there anything that you want to plug at all? Now, uh, you know, if you're uh, in or around L.A., just come to the Chatterbox every Sunday night at 8 o'clock. But uh, other than that, uh, you can find me at Big Hearn on Twitter, a lot less active on there, and uh, big uh, and Hernia on Instagram, a lot less active on there. You're active <laughs> on there. He posts sexy pictures of his wife. He's got good stuff on there. Uh, did you get any of that tarot card jewelry? Julia's not listening to this, is she? She's no, I had, I had just bought her... Um, I had bought her some evil eye earrings for Christmas, Ooh. so I, I don't want to go over the top on that stuff just yet, but we'll see. Okay, well, there are good tarot card rings, like, uh, what do you call those? <laughs> Signet rings, you know, yeah. like whatever. That's nice. I think Julia would like it. I haven't asked her, but I'm going to plug it for you. <laughs> uh, I don't have any plugs, just whatever. Follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. You know the things, Luisa Diaz Nuts. I have a Gary Goldman show a couple times a month in Brooklyn or Manhattan. And then I'm also doing now a Windbreaker Comedy at Union Pool, hosted by Claire O'Kane and Emily Panic. 
The next show is uh, 2.26. It's going to be a really good lineup. Um, Joe Firestone, Jake Flores. Ooh, Jake is going to be on the show. Come on out. <laughs> also, uh, Jay Jordan, a bunch of people we love. Uh, I'll post it on my stuff. 2.26 at Union Pool. And then um, Gary shows like 2.16, Union Hall. Uh, and then we got caveat, whatever, follow me. You'll see it. I would love to see you if you're in New York, come on out. And if you love Steve, you got questions for him, email us. I'll have him back whenever you want, because we don't know how busy Jake is going to be for the rest of the quarter. That's me talking work language quarter, you know, (laughs) whatever. Fuck you guys without corporate jobs. Uh, we love you. Bye.